So when I was told the last one's going to land on you, Claire, it was amazing having done it at the time, the, the incredible pressure of not wanting to let the team down. Could I get in? Could I swim? Did I have any more left in the tank? Was I going to do it right? I, everybody's dreams were like hanging on me doing that right and not stuffing it up at the last minute, you know. So I felt immense pressure and I felt really like I'm not sure if I can do this. The joy of swimming. Conversations about open water swimming, hosted by Pat Kelman. Hi and welcome to the Joyous Swimming Podcast. My name is Pat Kelman and what a first week it's been. I'm so blown away by the response to the content, to the format and the community that we're starting to build up amongst ourselves in the Joyous Swimming discussion group on Facebook. I'm completely overwhelmed by the goodwill and the positivity that I'm being shown in that group in all communications. I mean, I've even had an email, which I'll read out to you in a moment. So I'm just really grateful. And what we're gonna be doing as a regular feature from now on is I'm gonna look at the Apple iTunes reviews and read out one each week, just to give a shout out to somebody. But also I'm gonna be more me in the podcast. The reason that I released a few episodes at the beginning, even though I have plenty of interviews lined up, is that I want to get feedback from you as to what's working in the podcast, what isn't working. I just asked a question the other day in the group about whether I was present enough in the actual interview section. And the feedback was that I wasn't. So I'm going to be including more of my part of the conversation in the interview itself, because you're right, it's a conversation. It's not just a monologue. And that's partly why I've chosen the interview that I've chosen to share today forward. Normally I'm programming the interviews in the order in which they're recorded pretty much. But this was actually the most recent one that I recorded. I recorded it on Friday. And um, I'm deliberately including it because there's actually a discussion in the interview about the topic of my participation in the interviews in the podcast. So I just thought it was pertinent. And also the story in it is fantastic about swimming the channel as part of a team. It's just awesome. Anyway, before we do that, I just wanted to share with you this email that I've received and I'm really grateful to anybody who wants to connect with me on the joy of swimming at gmail.com this is from Keru Halleck and I do I hope I've pronounced the name right Keru and he's in Minnesota he goes hello Pat I am for the first time listening to your podcast the joy of swimming and you mentioned in the introduction that those who are inclined to drop you a line via email so here I am hoping to make a connection with a kindred spirit Unfortunately, I'm in Minnesota, so likely will not be swimming with you anytime soon. We have a hearty band of swimmers who, as soon as mid-April most years, we hit lakes and rivers to swim. In April, the water is about 8 degrees, warming up as much as 26 in midsummer, and back down to about 4 before the ice reforms in December. Most of our group are competitive and fitness swimmers, so we're having a swelling of the ranks once the water is above 15 degrees, which allows most to swim 1,500-metre course we have set up comfortably, some in wetsuits, some without but we have a smaller group who go at least thrice weekly regardless of temperature until ice over. The swims get shorter, usually ending up in the cross and back about 350 metres when the water is 5 degrees and below. But once the lake freezes up, we get what I call our soak season and we head to the Mississippi River on which our village is located. 
Dependent on autumn rainfall, which affects the river height and flow rate, the river will also freeze over sometime in late December and stay that way until early March. Though we can't swim per se, we can soak. Every day I go to the river with my ice bar and chop through the ice, keeping our cold tub open. I look forward to hearing your podcast and one of these days, if I'm in your part of the world, we can go for a swim together. So that's just lovely. What a beautiful surprise to actually get an email from somebody, particularly somebody from outside of the UK. So thank you so much, Kiru. And I do value your listening and your being part of this community. It's just lovely. Thank you so much. I just wanted to mention the reviews that we've started getting and reviews don't necessarily help our position in the iTunes charts but what it does do is it gives feedback for potential listeners as to the quality of the show that you're going to listen to so I'm really grateful if you can put a review and a rating on Apple iTunes that would be amazing it's it's going to be helpful just to let people know that the the show is is good if you think so of course so nice short little first review from Jackie and it says my task this year is to get back into the water particularly cold water and wild swimming to help my mental health got so much from just the first podcast can't wait to listen to more and thanks so much Jackie and I hope you're carrying on enjoying them and we'll get in the water soon enough sooner rather than later anyway now to take us to the interview for today and this is with Claire Brumby and Claire has a great story. She's an open water swimmer who has taken part in a relay swim across the channel. And I just thought, this is so compelling and so awesome. I needed to share it with you right away rather than put it in the queue. The first question I asked Claire was the usual, why swimming? So I've always enjoyed swimming from being quite young. Although the strange thing is, I don't actually remember learning how to swim when I was a child so that bit escapes me so I'm not really sure how I I, how I learned how to swim but I think it's about eight years ago now maybe maybe so right let's call it eight maybe seven or eight I had a real fear of putting my face in the water like I couldn't so every time I went to the pool and, and swum I would do breaststroke and now I could like outswim anybody in the lanes you know in my local pool because I was such a fast swimmer at my breaststroke however I was starting to get such intense back pain like in the small of my back because I wasn't like I say I've never been taught properly or anything like that and I thought well this is daft so I I got myself some swimming lessons so that was obviously at the age of like 40 odd getting swimming lessons to learn how to do front crawl and it was transformational because I really picked it up so fast like about three lessons and there I was, head in the water, powering up and down, doing my front crawl, and I got really into it. So that that opened up a whole new world of swimming to me, because then I had the confidence to actually put my head in the water. So like I said, that was seven years ago. And then from there, um, what took me to open water swimming, the, the way that journey started, um, my mother-in-law got breast cancer and the local hospital where she was under the care of were phenomenal with her care and I just wanted to raise some money somehow now coinciding with that thought of I wanted to raise money I'd been for a facial at my local beauty salon and I was speaking to the therapist and she said because I was saying I want to raise money and she said oh do you like swimming and I was like yeah but I'm only a pool swimmer what are you on about you know she was like open water I was like I never really heard of it and she said you might like the great north swim on Windermere which is where you do a mile so I thought right that's what I'm going to do 
So I found a local club near me and they're amazing. And they're called Swim Your Swim um, in Hatfield near Doncaster. And I went to them and I did an open introduction to open water course. And again, I was hooked just as I'd been hooked when I learned to put my head in the water. And so I thought, right, OK, I'm going to train and I'm going to do this Great North Swim, which is just a mile on Lake Windermere. So that was in, where are we now? That was in, I did that in 2017. So that was only like, you know, coming up for four years ago. So I did that and I really enjoyed it. And then from there on, I continued to swim with Swim Your Swim. And then my journey then took me on to doing several different events, dumping the wetsuit, swimming the channel in a relay team in 2018. And now I'm breaking ice to get in as I did on this boxing day at two degrees staying in for like 10 minutes getting the crazy endorphin fueled highs and loving it so yeah I've had quite a um interesting and fast baptism into it all and there's no turning back now so when you first started the swimming what was that first experience like for you I was so scared do you know what and all the things that I was scared of are the things that I love now so I'd come from a pool background And so the things that were on my mind were, how am I going to feel not having any walls around me to feel safe? And then I thought, and I can't touch the bottom. And then I thought, I can't even see the bottom. And I was like, all of these things that were freaking me out, fish, like there's fish in the the rivers that I go in and fish in the lakes. So I'm like, there's no walls. You can't touch the bottom. There are fish in the water with you. How on earth am I going to cope with it? And now I love that. I love that freedom. I love that, like, I'm not restricted. I'm smaller than the environment that I'm in. I just, the whole expanse of, of everything that it gives me now, and, and it's it's completely done a, an absolute U-turn on what I thought I wouldn't like, and there are things that I absolutely love about it. So, yeah, once I got into it, and, and like I say, you just keep going and going more. So I, I didn't think that I could swim without a wetsuit. So when we were, when we were tried out to do the channel relay, um, I remember Leon uh, from Swim Your Swim saying, right, just get in the lake, get your wetsuit off, get in the lake, do a couple of laps and let's time your mile. And I was, Leon, I can't swim without a wetsuit. He said, yes, you can. I said, I can't. I've never been in the lake in my life without a wetsuit. I can't do it. Anyway, I ended up getting in. This, this lady who was in the team with us, a lady called Jana, she said, I'll swim with you. So we got in the water and never look back from then and I I haven't I won't ever wear a wetsuit again because I just love the extra level of freedom that you get that feeling on your skin that feeling at one with the water they they just everything about it um so yeah so I, I was scared when I first got in but now yeah funny funny how how your mind does a u-turn when you experience and feel the power of the water and it's that kind of total body feeling of the water as well that somehow really does it for me it makes a real difference and it's a difference each for each of the temperatures so I've got to the point where I don't like it actually too warm now I think my optimum temperature to swim in will probably be about 17 or 18 because I don't like it when it gets too warm like I, I absolutely like oh, I really don't like pool swimming anymore at all. You know, to get in a pool at 28, 29 degrees, I feel claustrophobic and I feel choked and I'm like, oh. (laughs) Um, So I do prefer it, you know, uh, um, and and I'm loving it at these temperatures right now. So Yeah, because in a pool, it's like swimming in like 
lukewarm tea or porridge. Yeah, porridge. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. Yeah, I was trying to think of an, an analogy to go with it. You know, yeah. porridge sounds great. Yeah. I was really lucky when I was a kid. The only public pool in the town was an open water pool, but yeah. it wasn't open in the winter. It was only open from like April through to October mm-hmm. time, which is still quite long. And I remember getting in that pool at like 6.30 in the morning before breakfast. And and I, I, I used to really love it. People thought I was mad, but I used to really love it. And, uh, and I kind of then fell out of love with water generally for a long time. Or rather, I fell out of love with swimming for a long time. When I rediscovered it, I was like, wow, it's like I've never been away. But also, yeah, it's kind of taken me right back to that amazing childhood experience of when I was little, you know, mm-hmm. and and loving the water so much. I do, honestly. So I, I swim four times a week. And currently, obviously, we've got the temperatures about two or three degrees. Um, so I go every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, clearly socially, socially distanced at the minute, just with, with a buddy. And I can't imagine, like in the first lockdown, I didn't do it because I didn't know of this lady that I now know and I didn't know the local places that I'm now found. And I found that really, really hard to to have suddenly had that release and that space physically and mentally and emotionally kind of like taken away from me. So to be able to do that during this lockdown, I absolutely believe it's 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 definitely a mechanism that I could not you know do without because like we say the the endorphin high that you get from it and I don't know the power the water has I don't know quite how it does this but I can guarantee that every single time when I get in the water I'm not aware of anything I'm trying to figure mentally but I guarantee whenever I get out I've got a solution to something that I wasn't even aware I was thinking of and it's completely solved, sorted. I've got the solution. I've got the way forward. And it, it, it's a strange power that the water has. Um, and so from a mental point of view, it, it's, well, I, I just think brilliant for you doing this because the more people we can get into open water swimming um, from, from, a, from a mental health point of view, from a physical health point of view, from immunity you know it's well and it's there for everybody to take you know it's we can all do it at any time it's just fantastic to to be able to do it isn't it and i'm so grateful that i i've got this ability and this skill to to be able to do that i really am grateful every day for it and with the mental health kind of side of it it kind of brings a clarity and focus i've i've found to to my thinking yeah. You know, somehow all the jumbled stuff that's going on in my head mm-hmm. just somehow gets swept away and washed away. It finds its place, doesn't it? It finds its place. And and, and so, so to coincide with when I first started, I was going through some real tough things personally. And I remember distinctly one day I was in the, the lake where I swim and I kind of pushed myself too far. It was a a reasonable cold temperature then which I've not been used to because so I kind of like had a baptism of fire I did the first year training for um the well from I trained from March until June to do the open to do the mile on Windermere with a wetsuit and then literally 
a week short of a year later, I'm in the channel swimming with a relay team. So I'd gone through the whole acclimatization. I'd done my qualifier. I'd done, I'd learned to swim with no wetsuit. So literally, like I say, a week shy of a year, I've gone from a mile on Windermere to the channel with all that that journey under you know brought and when I was training to do you know to acclimatize and do my distances and things for the channel I'd push myself too far in the lake one time and I was like I say I was going through some really heavy emotional things and I remember saying to myself if I can do this I can deal with that and it was cold I put myself in colder temperatures I was at the far end of the lake I was doing some distance and I honestly felt that panic oh gosh what have I done I'm too far out I'm it's too cold I'm going to get cramp I can't do this and all this fear came over me and I had to do some real self-talk and I think so 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 the the water and the swimming got me through that and now what it does for me anytime I feel there's anything that I can't overcome that I can't face that I can't conquer that I can't deal with that feels uncomfortable to me I pull on that inner resource that the water's given me it really has given me such a deeper resilience to life because every day well not every day four times a week I'm pushing my body further than I did the time before because everything's always different the water's different you feel different um it can be colder it can be choppier it can be you know there's all different circumstances as we know so every day you're pushing this resilience and it's like it's like a rubber band and you're stretching it all the time and this resilience muscle inside me just keeps getting stronger and stronger and I know for a fact there are things that I wouldn't have overcome in my life in this past you know six or seven years had I have not had the water to help me reconcile those things and face things and and prove to me, because our mind and bodies can do more than we ever think possible. And until we put ourselves out of that comfort zone, which swimming naturally does for you, certainly in cold temperatures or in the sea, or well, it's different for everybody. You know, my comfort zone was stretched, taking the wetsuit off to start with. Mm. And then now, it's stretched to going into one degree water as opposed to two degree water. And, and so the more you prove to yourself, your mind and body, what it can do, when you bring that into like your regular life, like seriously, the, the power that you feel um, and the self-assurance you feel from what the water's taught you is phenomenal. It's, it's so phenomenal. Yeah, it's very much that kind of stretching the the comfort zone that we have mm-hmm. every time we do it, every time we do it. And it's something that I'd always kind of understood theoretically, you know, the idea that comfort zone is a circle that's around us. And every time we, we go mm-hmm. slightly beyond it, that circle gets bigger and it has an, it has a kind of rollout effect on everything in our lives. And I'd, I'd kind of always understood the theory of that. And I was like, yeah, no, not really. But actually that time when I got to the water for the first time and I, I just felt the cold water around my knees and then I got deeper in and next thing I know I'm I've, I've faced something that I've I've been a bit scared of and, and feels really uncomfortable and icky initially well not icky but you know what I mean that kind, yeah, yeah. kind of that that sense of it's fear can I do it you know can, it, it is it is actual fear induced physically and mentally because it's something you haven't done before and you don't know if you can do it you don't know if you can deal with it can i do this 
Can yeah. I swim to that boy over there, even though it's only 50 meters, but I'm in the deep water, I'm cold, I've got no one else around me, and I've only got myself to rely on for this now, do you know? And it's when you do that and prove to yourself, it's, whoa, the feeling is yeah. off the scale of amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. And things like doing this podcast, there are many ways in which I, as a performer, I used to be an actor, was a filmmaker, I've been an IT trainer, I've been a teacher in a school, you know, so public speaking and performing is not difficult for me. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this this idea of podcasting that's actually a bit more intimate than that and a bit more, I'm kind of talking about me. And that's bringing mm-hmm. up a lot of my own insecurities about that, about my voice, mm-hmm. but also about have I got anything interesting to say? You know, like I, I put a post in the um, Joy of Swimming discussion group the other day asking for feedback on the first few episodes because my best friend Phil, who has given me some technical support and is also my very often my swim buddy, he kind of said, you know what, this podcast's great, but are you cutting, are you cutting yourself out a lot to give more space for the, the person talking? You know, are you, are you, are you cutting your, your questions short? And I just had to go, well, yeah, actually, because I had all these worries about being repetitive from episode to episode. Will my limited repertoire of anecdotes get worn out and people get fed up with it? You know, and, and, and also it's that sense I wanted it to be about the guest, not about me, really. And, they, and then I just put a quick post in the group and just said, look, here's the feedback I've had. What do you think? And they all went, well, we've been thinking that a bit. I mean, some of us we go, well, this podcast is great, but where are you in it? And so, in fact, that's something I'm having to face up into myself, the self mm-hmm. that actually I have as much right to be part of the conversation as my guest does, you know, and that's something that's amazing to me that I'm just like, oh, yeah. 100%, because <laughs> you've been called to do this. So there's something in it for you, clearly, on a soul, on a mission whichever level you you know you've been called to do this so no absolutely don't dilute yourself down (laughs) (laughs) i think i might just put um when i when i I put the subtitle for this episode i might call it pat's existential crisis Sorry, you were saying saying before recording about going off on tangents. I feel I've gone off on a massive one. But it is that comfort zone thing where when you go beyond your comfort zone in one area, somehow everything else gets loosened up as well. It can't not, though, can it? Because it changes you as a person, doesn't it? I've certainly found that. I've because, Because I feel when I've stretched it in one area of my life, I kind of feel like I'm copping out on myself if I don't have the guts to follow through in another area so it can be a blessing and a curse can't it because it's like well now i've got the ability and now i'm challenging myself and now i've got to follow through on it so it's like you with this you know you've you've kind of created it now so you've got to show up to the party <laughs> and it's something that i've seen with people i mean the reason i got into swimming again was because a good friend of mine was on facebook posting photos of how of her amazing swimming experiences. And I was like, ah, oh. and it was the light in her eyes that kind of attracted me. And I was like, I want some of that. And um, and so I think we, we all feel this urge to want to share the love and share the excitement. I think 
think that's because we know the transformational effect and you, you you've nailed something there the light in her eyes the the amount of people who've said to me claire you always look so happy on your swim photos which is bizarre because you're in a swimming costume which is clearly out of comfort zones per se as in you know we're normally in clothes when people see us we've got either wet hair or even worse you've got a swim cap on and then you've got goggle marks around your eyes and do you know you're not exactly at your best in as what we would perceive we would look our best but the amount of people who say to me you've got such a different look at you of you because I take selfies in the water and post, post them out and everywhere you know I did the lovely one over Christmas with a Santa hat on and stuff and um <laughs> in the water and people say you look so happy when you're in the water it's a different look in your eyes and it's true and I think that's the reason we we talk about it because it kind of takes you back to your childhood state doesn't it where you're just happy like there's no agendas you're just happy to be you just want to share you just want to love you just want to like come and join this cool thing you know and it's and that's what it is it, it's it's pure is what it is it's a pure feeling isn't it yeah and 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 so the idea of this is this podcast is that it gives people the sense that even if they're maybe under lockdown and they can't get to a swim or maybe they're driving on a long journey to work or it it I've, I've found that by talking about it, every chat brings it back. It kind of regenerates that experience, didn't me? Yeah. The feeling never leaves us. It just needs a little bit of a trigger to just re-energise, you know? And that, It yeah. does, because I sprained my ankle um, two years ago this January, which put me out of the water because I was training to... So my next big swim that I want to do is the length of Windermere, which is 10 and a half miles. Many people do it in wetsuit, and I don't want to. So... I needed to get my acclimatization up, but also my distance. And then I needed to experiment with how I was going to feed in the water, you know, what I liked, you know, different, was I going to do gels? Was I going to uh, have hot fluids? Was I going to have flapjack? Wasn't what was I going to do and how was I going to do it? And then when I sprained my ankle, that like completely, I couldn't get in the water because I couldn't, it's daft as it seems, you don't, you don't realize how much you need your ankle, um, mm to swim so so I did a little bit of pool with pool boy and that just to stop using my legs and stuff but it took me out of open water for a while and honestly that that what you just described you know that feeling when you say you want to get back and you want to yeah that was so hard for me um so yeah if I'd have listened to this sort of thing where people were talking about it re-experiencing it it just helps you a little bit to to go because you go back to your best memories don't you like I've got so many like if I close my eyes, I can go back to a certain part of a stretch of water. I can remember the feelings. I can remember where, why I was in there, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. And you can go back into that place, can't you? And it, it you know, there's not many things that can give give you that in life that you've banked the feeling, is there? No, exactly. And I, and I think because it is such an intense physical experience as well as being an emotional one that it kind of imprints itself in you as, mm-hmm. a, as a memory every time I'm like, you're quite right I can remember swims from when I was a kid you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah so I'm so I'm, I'm going off on little raptures now <laughs> you go for it honestly go for it let's see where you want to go <laughs> yeah, but um no I'm actually also really interested though in in this whole movement that you did from swimming a mile in Windermere to being part of a relay team in the channel 
I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. So, (laughs) A, where did that idea come from? And B, what's it actually like to do that whole channel relay thing? Because I've never, I mean, I've talked to people who've who've done it, but I've I've never really kind of got into the nitty gritty of what it it feels like to do it or what, what actually, what is it initially first? What, when you say a relay, how does that work? But also, how did you build up to it? Yeah, I'll take you through the journey. I'd swum my mile on Windermere in June 2017. So after I'd done that, raised the money for Macmillan, I thought, that's it, I'm done. Done and dusted. That's it. I, I've achieved what I wanted to do. I've raised the money. I did the open water swimming. I conquered the fact I couldn't touch the bottom, couldn't have the walls around me, fishing, the blah, blah, blah. I've done it all. I went back and I was like, right, guys, I'm done. And they were like, well, have you not enjoyed? I was like, yeah, I've loved it. I've loved it. And then that's the time when I heard the conversation going on about these channel relays. And I was thinking, and then my ears pricked up. I thought, oh, I wonder if that's something I could perhaps do one day, you know, and I just started listening to the conversation. And it was that morning at the lake when they were going to do the, the trials. And then it literally came on me that fast. Like, well, we're doing it now if you want to. Talk if you want to try it, let's stop talking, let's get in the water. And that's when Leon said to me, Get in the water. And I was like, No wetsuit. And then Janice, this lady who I'd never met before, she said, You can do it. I'll swim with you, Claire. And I said, I can't, Janice. And she had to really talk me into it. And ironically, our team was called the Channel Chatterboxes because I'd met a real chatter buddy in Janice. And as much as we swung, we were chattering all the way around. So we hit it off, you know, straight away. And then from that swim, that's when Leon said, you know, if you want to come into the team, both of you, there's, there's space in the team. And that's how the team was born. So there were six of us in our team. So when you put a team together to swim the channel, it can be as little as two of you, or it can be however many you want in the team. And so we had six in our team. And so basically to to actually be successful in forming your team you have to do a two-hour qualifier the tryout was in the june and the qualifier was later on in september when the water had got below 15 and a half degrees so you have to swim two hours sub 15.5 to pass the qualifier and that's what we did and then you have to have a medical not long after that to prove that you fit and well to do it and then when it's coming up to your window you get literally um you get told which week your wave is so we got given our week from the 3rd to the 10th of, of June. When you, when it's coming up to that, you get literally 48-hour notice you're going to be going, and then you get a 12-hour call to the boat. So once we got, once we knew that we were in the window of 3rd to the 10th of June, like you, you clear your diary for that week, got a 48-hour call. I'm in North Lincolnshire, so it's a four-and-a-half-hour drive down to Dover. So we got the team together, we bombed it down to Dover, and we didn't get there until... It's about 11 o'clock that night. We had no sleep because then our first swimmer, we, we, we had to be at the harbour at half one in the morning. And the first swimmer was in the water at half past two. So we'd been up all day long. I'd done the five and a half hour drive. We'd got to Dover, called to the boat, bing, bong, bosh, you're at the harbour and we're in the boat and we're off. My first swim was at 5.30 in the morning. And then you go in succession as in Indian Relay. And I was so lucky, like how fortuitous it landed for me to do the final swim as well. So I got three swims 
and I, I was the lucky one who got the swim to land us in France. A relay is is hard because, and, and we did it with it being in June. So when you do, when you swim the channel, you basically got the choice of, do you want to face the cold water or do you want to face the jellyfish? And early season, which is when we went, it's cold. So it was about 11 and a half, 12 degrees. And then later on in the season, it's the jellyfish. So it was quite cold. And so my first swimmers were getting out of the harbour. I've never been so sick in my entire life, like genuinely sick. I was, I've never been seasick ever. So I think it was, a, it was adrenaline, it was nerves, it was the mm. chop getting out of the harbour and everything. So I got off on the worst foot ever. I was thinking, I'm not even going to be able to do this. It's half five. And I could just see the sun coming up over the boat. And actually, I've had a tattoo done with that image. Um, so I've got a lovely tattoo um, with that. Anyway, so I got in the water at half five. And you do your hour and you have to make sure you don't cross over with the next person getting in. You can't touch the boat. You've got to make sure it's done properly, as in you swim around so you're not missing any of the distance. There's an official person on the boat from the Channel Association who, you know, ratifies it all and, and watches it. It's all recorded. They take written notes through it all. They're like the monitoring and mapping the entire swim so it can get properly put into the, the, the books and everything when it's not when it's done. So, yeah, so it was touch and go halfway through the swim as to whether we were going to land it or not because the tides turn every six hours and we were swimming against the tide and we'd gone into the shipping channels and bits and pieces and blah, blah, blah. So there was one point where it was like, really, you know, you've all got to put your muscles into this. And and, and, and then one lady in the team, absolutely, Ali, she completely smashed it. Like her shoulders probably were ripped to shreds for the next <laughs> two months because she had to really, really dig deep and do such an amazing swim at her point. And I think it was her second swim. Anyway, so after my second swim, I, I swear I was hypothermic. I was in such a bad way. And I was absolutely terrified about getting back in the water because it takes about two hours to warm me through, as you'll know. And in, in, when you're in there for an hour and you're swimming at your hardest pace to get back out and warm yourself through was, was so difficult. And then so when I was told the last swim's going to land on you, Claire, it was amazing having done it at the time, the, the incredible pressure of not wanting to let the team down. Could I get in? Could I swim? Did I have any more left in the tank? was I going to do it right? Everybody's dreams were like hanging on me doing that right and not stuffing it up at the last minute, you know? So I felt immense pressure and I felt really like, I'm not sure if I can do this. Anyway, clearly did it. And then got to Wissant Beach and I'll never forget the, and I, and I should know what they're called in the water, but I don't know what they're called. You know, when you've got all those glittering, like there's a word for it and it's such a magical enzyme or sparkly or something in the water and I'll never forget the color of that and and that feeling so got myself onto Wissant Beach collected us all a pebble so so when you get to that point the 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 boat that you're on has to like stay back probably about half a mile because it's obviously near the shoreline and then pilot off the boat follows you in like a, in a rubber dinghy to make sure you actually swim right to the edge of the the water yeah. so then you swim there you climb out and then he, you get back on the boat with him and he takes you back to the boat and then when you get back on the boat we drank champagne and cheered and shouted and cried and laughed and hugged and <laughs> we've done it you know it was amazing so it's it, but again that was a life changer you know we're back to these comfort zones and doing more that you think you're capable of and teamwork and how that works you know none of us would have done it without each other and it's yeah it was it's a phenomenal experience really oh yeah you just take me right through it and i'm just like <laughs> I, i'm in so much 
awe actually of 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 that achievement i mean it's it's amazing and uh i'm just blown away by anyone who is able to do something like that you know it's something to aspire to isn't it really thank you and it's so when you're in the water and you see the big you know tankers and you look and you see nothing but water everywhere it's a real leveler honestly you realize how in the big scheme of things how small you are how vast the water is and and how just how big life is and the sky and I know this sounds maybe maybe daft because we're all under the same sky literally but the sky was massive the sky was just massive and the and the the expanse of water was just massive like beyond your comprehension of of how big space and area can be and it I'll never forget feeling that and and thinking whoa this is mind-blowing totally mind-blowing and you're right in it as well that's the thing it's not like you're on top of it it's not like you're i mean i've had the experience of like standing in a desert and going this is mind-blowing but same thing but for me there's a slight difference in that with that it was mind-blowing but i was like on top of it somehow Mm -hmm. i didn't quite feel I think it's to do with different personality types and different element you kind of feel most. You're in the desert, you're on it. In the water, you morph with it. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, you morph with it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're on that boat in the channel, aren't we? With us. We are, we are. <laughs> <laughs> this, and do you oh, know what? God. In 15 hours and six minutes to swim it, and like about an hour and ten to bomb it back to the harbour, full pelt on the boat. <laughs> Just to put it in perspective. <laughs> and, and, and do you know what? When we got back to our hotel, like I was with a couple of the girls, who, you know, from the team, and we couldn't sleep. We couldn't sleep for like two days. We were on such a natural high. And we went back the next morning. We went back to, to Dover Beach and we just stood there and we looked out and we just could not believe we'd done it. We couldn't believe it. We've got photographs of us standing there. Literally, it, it, it's like part of our heart and soul was still in the water, and it always will be. And we just were stood there, and we didn't want to leave. We just, such a connection. It was just insane, really. Um, mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely mind-blowing. And we got pebbles from Dover as well, and they're on my mantelpiece, actually. So I've got my one from um, Wissant Beach in France, and then I've got my Dover one as well. I'm really fascinated by this whole kind of comfort zone thing. So have you found that it has affected you in other areas of your life? Well, what it's done is it's given me that internal added oomph in life. If I feel like life's shrinking me back down again through just material pressures, just of life, do you know, like day-to-day life, yeah. your business, your world, what I would call earthly pressures. Whenever I feel like they're shrinking me back down again, I have a word with myself and I'm like, come on, Claire, get your oomph back. In fact, this is where I like the the quote from Alice in Wonderland, where's your muchness gone? So if I feel I'm losing my muchness at any time through just stuff, I have a word with myself and I'm like, come on, let's have this, you know. And and so I've got that to pull on and, and help me. So it's I think it's forever changed me for sure. 
because but this is what we were saying earlier it's the blessing and the curse because you know that you can go beyond what you thought you could do it calls yourself out and i think once you've done that life has a way of not letting you completely go back to how you were you know we all you'll have everybody listening to this will have circumstances in our life where things have changed us and once you've changed you can't go back once you've learned something you can't unlearn it once you've felt something you don't unfeel it so to answer your question yeah it has changed me and I think it will continue to change me because the more things happen to you in your life you realize actually I can deal with this and I can go further with this and I can definitely it's strengthened me it's given me more confidence more self-belief more wisdom really and this is the crazy thing like waters all around us all of us can go in a river in a lake and to one degree or another get an experience of whatever our soul and and body needs on different degrees and different levels so there's no wonder it's growing in popularity not unless it's my awareness but everywhere I've turned at the minute it's like you know you hear it on the radio oh so and so's doing this or you hear people doing the cold showers or you hear so it, it seems to be going through a real upsurge in in people mm. wanting to try it and, and and give it a go and feeling the benefits doesn't it so if there was somebody who was thinking about it and they'd heard this podcast or they'd heard others or they'd seen somebody on tv or something what advice would you give them because i've had a couple of bad experiences in the water where i've i would say disrespected it Mm-hmm. I would always make sure go go to a club or go somewhere. So I I do my open water course, which is literally two hours in the water to explain to you, you know, you breathe in because so right now, I mean, I wouldn't recommend anybody go into two or three degree water in just the costume or the trunks and crack on because you know you can have a heart attack, you can get hypothermia, all of these things. So I do err on the side of caution with it. I think do it in a, in, a, in a measured way. Because the thing is, you could put yourself off having the most amazing partnership in your entire life by doing it wrong to start with. So, you know, if you're living coastal and you can go running in and out of the sea, start that way. If you're not, find a club. There's loads of groups all over Facebook. Do some exploration. If you're not used to cold water, start in a wetsuit. You can always take it off. But I would say just do it. Do it in whichever way fits fits you, because I think if you don't, you're really missing out on something that's going to be such a joy giver. That's yeah. what I would say. I would say definitely yeah. do it, but do it the right way. Because like I said, I pushed myself too far and got into difficulties a couple of times where I've had to be rescued by the boat in my training lake. One time I had a cramp. Another time I'd gone into too cold water. You can get too cocky. You can get mm. too cocky, but you must never get cocky in the water. Because it's a powerful force. Absolutely. And, you know, it would break my heart if somebody had a bad experience as a result of listening to this podcast as opposed to positive ones. Somebody once said to me that the water always knows how hard you've trained. So you could say to yourself, yeah, I've been doing this, I've been doing this, or I've been acclimatising. But actually, no, the water will catch you out every time. The water will know if you've acclimatised. The water will know if you've you've done your training. The water will know and it will always catch you out. So you've always got to be on top of that. So if anybody wanted to find out more about you or or what you do and, and, and get in touch, how, how could they find so you? So my website is clairebrumby.com. I'm on Instagram at clairebrumby. Twitter, Facebook. My email is hello at clairebrumby.com. 
any which way you want to find me. And if anybody wants to talk about swimming anytime, I'm totally up for that. Oh, I'm on Clubhouse as well now that I've launched. So that's, again, at Claire Brumby. So, yeah, um, you'll, you'll find me if you want to find me. And if you want to talk about swimming, let's do it. And if you are North Lincolnshire and you want to go for a swim, let's do that. <laughs> Thank you so much to Claire Brumby for a really engrossing, fascinating and enjoyable conversation. It's a real privilege for me to be able to speak to so many eloquent and passionate people about this lifestyle that we all share. I'm really grateful to all of you for listening. Please do share the podcast around. I'm really grateful that this week we had the amazing experience of getting to number one on the UK swimming podcast chart. And we're actually number five in the American Swimming Podcast chart, according to Apple. It's been a phenomenal first week. And the more we can spread the word, the more we can share the love, the more people get to know about this podcast, the more love we can share. I know that's a bit woo, but I'm recording this very late at night. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. I just want to remind you about the competition that's running at the moment to win one of five copies of Sarah Norquay's beautiful book, Salt on My Skin. You can enter by subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your family, sharing it with anyone who might be interested in swimming, share it in all the swimming groups. And then once you've shared it, just pop into the Joyous Swimming discussion group, find the post there where you can actually just write the word done. The competition ends on January 31st when I'm going to be doing a live draw for the five winners. Thank you again for all your support. Stay safe and happy swimming. Thank you for listening to the Joy of Swimming podcast hosted by Pat Kelman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on the podcast catcher of your choice. Music by Phil Innes. (laughs) 